You're listening to the Geek Legacy Escape Pod. The crew coming together and gelling and becoming this like you know intergalactic family that we know and love. And wacky mayhem ensues. It just feels like they're trying so hard to capture the fans of the original series. Yeah, that was hot garbage. It, he just got like weird, like creepy uncle weird. That was a bold choice. Yeah, I, I had fun with it. It's true. It was the 80s. It must be so bad that they just never <laughs> You won't make it in the future, do they? I don't think so, no. I am not a Tashi R fan. That's probably the nicest thing I will say. That is absolutely perfect way to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Hey there, geek boys and girls. Welcome back to Geek Legacy's Escape Pod. Probably one of the many podcasts out there on, on this earth talking about Star Trek The Next Generation. But you know what makes ours different? Because we're three assholes stuck in an escape pod. That's what makes this <laughs> one different. And I'm your lead asshole. I am I am Randy Van Dyke. And let me let me tell you about these other two assholes. <laughs> I mean, you have a beard, so I just I keep thinking, come back, you fat beard. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't made nearly enough Spaceballs references on this show. How are you doing, Justin? <laughs> I'm good. I'm great. No complaints. All right. Well, we'll have some complaints pretty soon once we start talking about this episode. How are you doing, David? I'm doing fantastic. I'll be even better once we go over the scores. Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> yes. Well, we'll get there. Don't worry. Don't worry. Keep it in your pants. All right. I'm trying. <laughs> why don't I think? So, about, why don't you not? Why don't you think my camera's on? Well, fair <laughs> enough. So this week, we're uh, talking about episode three of season two, and it's called Elementary, Dear Data. So, of course, that means it's going to be a holodeck episode with another Sherlock Holmes kind of spin on it. So, yay, fun stuff, right? That's what we all thought going into this, but we'll get there. So this originally aired on December 5th, 1988, and according to IMDb, it has an 8.1 star rating, which is actually one of the higher ones for this season. So, again, sounds pretty good, right? So here's the little blurb. An attempt to provide Data with a challenging Sherlock Holmes holodeck RPG scenario backfires when its Professor Moriarty character accidentally becomes self-aware. Uh, also sounds cool. And that was a cool element of the, of the episode. Um, but it was a fairly two-dimensional episode. We've had a lot of episodes in the past where there's been uh, a very solid A story and B story. Here, it just kind of felt... Uh, very much what you see is what you get. There weren't a whole lot of layers to it, and it was very much uh, surface-level uh, entertainment. Um, let's look at who's behind this one, because that might have something to do with it. So it was directed by Rob, Rob Bowman, who has directed by far the most episodes so far of any of the Next Generation directors, and he will go on to direct many, many more episodes this season. Um, and it was written by Brian Allen Lane, who appears to be a first-timer uh, for Next Generation. So uh, we don't have any other of his work to compare this on. Um, generally, we we tend to prefer the or to enjoy the uh, holodeck episodes on this show. Uh, what do you guys feel about this one, your overall impressions? Dave, you want to go first? Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of holodeck episodes. Um, and... <laughs> There, the whole episode, you know, revolves around the conceit that the program can interact with the, the ship as a whole on the computer. And I hated that aspect. And so because of that, you know, I did I, I just I didn't buy into the fact that the computer, the hologram would be able to do what it did. And I understand this is a science fiction show and there's plots and devices and ghosts in the machine and all that bullshit. Uh, but because I didn't like that main conceit. It really tarnished a lot of the other episode. 
for the rest of the episode. And of course, uh, there's, there's a lot of Pulaski in this one. It's uh, she's 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 not she's not endearing herself to me and with her mistreatment of of, of data. So <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. She is still pretty shitty to him, but at least she smiles a lot more when she's doing it now. It's almost like she's trying to make a joke of it instead of just being so cold and matter of fact about her racism towards uh, androids. Yeah, I was gonna say that's what racist people do, right? They make a joke out of it. She's very far oh, forbidden yeah. right now. Like, like <laughs> it's a television commercial. <laughs> like, like she, she, she revels in the fact that people don't get, don't see what a useless computer data is, and that he's this unfeeling machine who's incapable of you know X, Y, and Z. And um, you know, we're only three episodes in. You know, it, it, this could be her story arc. You know, she she overcomes her prejudice amongst you know non living creatures uh, and becomes a fan favorite. You know, who knows? I don't think that's gonna that's giving that's giving her a lot of credit and I don't know. I don't, I don't know if she deserves all that. But I just uh, want to maybe... stave off all the people saying like episode three, give her a break. Right, right. <laughs> just because I mean yeah. I we didn't like Picard at first, you know, and we know that we're gonna go on to love him. Uh well some of us do. You don't. You have spent the last ten years on this podcast saying how much you hate Picard. No, that's not true. Oh yeah. Oh, he's my third favorite captain. <laughs> He fourth, cries fourth, all if the you time. can, if you can, both have hurt. any hair. He, he sucks. <laughs> yes, I, I guess yeah. He is my fourth fairy captain because there are two Kirks now. So, oh jeez. And I'd yeah. say even like Michelle Yao, Yo's care. Um, I don't even remember anyone's name from Star Trek Discovery anymore, except Michael, just because it, I thought it was weird that a girl had a guy's name. But um, whatever, Michelle Yo's Michelle Yo's character, I like her. She might even mm-hmm. be better, Picard. So you cut Tess Randy. What's her name? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Can you name me anyone's <laughs> name on Enterprise or uh, um, sorry on um, on Discovery? Discovery. Uh, Michael Burnham. Michael. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alien dude. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a really skinny alien dude. Uh, the the fungus I, guy. I feel so bad. Um, I don't know any of their names. Ginger. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, Callie. I'm Callie. Is that, 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 that the one girl's name? The blonde. Maybe. Uh, bigger girl. Callie. Or, or I don't know. I think we're, we're digging ourselves into a pit and, and really showing, are. yeah, showing how terrible we are at, at modern Star Trek. Um, Which is the same because I actually really like Discovery. <laughs> And I had my big revelation moment like last year. I, 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 I hated that shit in season one. I could not get into it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I was watching the Orville and I'm like, dude, this is the best Star Trek series on TV right now. And it's not even Star Trek um, because it was that versus season one of Discovery, which I was not was not impressed with. Season two got much better. Season three got interesting. But I don't know. Yeah, season, don't, four, I, season four starts in November. Yeah. November 18th. Yeah. So really... I'm super excited to see where that goes, and I'm really excited to see again where Picard goes. But um, Matthew, he, go, he goes to ten forward because remember, Guyden Guyden's going to be on. <laughs> yeah, which means I'm going to get a point, right? Oh wait, yeah. no, that only applies for nope. this show. I was going to say you got a point because <laughs> she wasn't there this week. Oh yeah, the complete absence of somebody gives you a point too. That's right. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, that's right. So. Yeah, let's get back. I'll, let's get back to this. I'll be quiet. This, no, it's fine. Um, so uh, Data and Jordy get a little bit of downtime, and they decide, "Hey, we're going to go over to the holodeck and have some fun. We're going to do a, a 
Sherlock Holmes scenario. And the way that it's programmed in there is it's only based off of uh, all the written material by uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. So all the original um, uh, Sherlock Holmes adventures in there and, and nothing new and original, right? So uh, Data knows all of them already. So he doesn't have any, there's no joy in the solving of the crimes or the mysteries is he just jumps to the end, you know, like a teenage boy, there's no foreplay, just jumps to the end and, uh, and, and just it ruins Jordy's fun. Right. So it's like, this is no fun. I'm going to walk out and fuck you. So then they decide to, you know what, maybe we can make it a little bit better if uh, we do, do like a Holmes style adventure, but one that's, that's, you know, completely, like computer generated, like AI generated so that it's something different so that uh, data isn't automatically going to know how it ends and be able to, to jump to the end and, and solve the mystery. Um, and meanwhile, they're sitting there in 10 forward talking about this. And Dr. Pulaski is sitting there just going, ha ha ha, you piece of shit thinking he's actually going to, you know, do anything or, or learn anything out of this. He's a fucking machine. Stop trying to teach him pet tricks you know that kind of thing right so she's just like totally over there sitting there treating him like shit as she does and then she gets uh, <laughs> like and then she gets sucked into the adventure there as well they're like hey you want to fucking come and, and like you want to supervise you want to fucking you know care in this bitch so uh so they brought her along they stuck her in a corset and a fucking you know victorian outfit and and here they go off on an adventure and what's the very first thing that happens as soon as they get there she gets kidnapped um and and uh, fucking, they they realize that the amalgams of all the 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 writings of Sherlock Holmes, um, you know, they're 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 still too easy for Data to predict, and she's like, "Ha ha, I told you, he still can't learn." This before she gets kidnapped, obviously. So they're like, "All right." Jordy goes over to the to the panel and is like, "Computer, make something, make like create a villain character that will outsmart and defeat Data." And his big mistake was he said Data and not Sherlock Holmes. And that's, I think, what breathes life into this Moriarty character and gives him the ability to be able to call the arch, the, the doorway to the holodeck and be able to talk to the computer and be able to theoretically materialize in the outside world or become self-aware enough to, to defeat Data as a crewman and not not the fictitious uh, Sherlock Holmes character that he takes on inside the holodeck. That's the little loophole that this Moriarty becomes self-aware in. Um, and that's, that's the big leap of faith, whether you believe that something like that can happen, whether that one mistake in giving an order to the computer would allow a holodeck character to be able to become self-aware and communicate with the computer enough to route all the bridge controls to the holodeck to something that looks like an antique boiler room with just random levers and shit like that. It's all steampunk. Um, like do do you believe that that could possibly happen? David is clearly on the camp of fuck no. That's ridiculous and stupid. How do you feel about it, Justin? Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, so I mean, David was right to point out, you know, to to poke the holes in all of the. This is a computer simulated program, so it shouldn't work. Um, and I didn't understand the steampunk turn this lever here and crank this thing here. And all of a sudden it was in control it's like of the fucking ship. doctor who. Yeah. That didn't make any sense to me how that worked. Mm, yeah. Um, but one thing that did stand out and I know, I know that 
this is one of those things that that always you know i the part that i like about star trek is the discussion and when they were in 10 forward jordy was saying um it's human nature to want what you don't have and that's very true as, as we just spent the last two hours talking about toys uh and we are very much in that vein of it we want what we can't have right uh, specifically like the the uss flag that isn't even a thing right now but we want it to be but when they had the conversation with moriarty at the end there where he's like what about you know i think therefore i am you know he he wants this outside life he wants to leave the the holodeck and if he believes that you know the, you know i think therefore i am if i believe that i am human in quotes then maybe i should be and I liked how that tied together, especially since so many times on this podcast we've discussed what it means to be human, whether we're talking about fucking Wally or 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 Star Trek or whatever. Insert property here. It's always a fun question because uh, in the case of Data, someone that that is you know unique and 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 is basically one of a kind, short of his his horrible brother Data Lore, but. Um, you know, it's it's hard to take that away from him. Like, I would never not call him human, even though I know he's an android. To me, he's more human than some of the horrible characters that show up on this program. You know, right. um, you know, when we watch Transformers and I see Bumblebee getting hurt, I'm like, it breaks my heart. I'm just like, oh my god, leave him alone. And I would hate for something like that to happen to Data. And and while Moriarty is a a program in the holodeck there now that he has become self-aware it's it did that change anything he's the same person but now all of a sudden i'm looking at him differently when mm. two minutes ago he was just a computer program and and that's weird to think about but i like how we have those discussions and right and, and i think that there is some merit in that and i like how picard they don't win you know he, he could ruin everything they just talk him off the ledge Mm -hmm. And, you know, he gets saved and then maybe one day they will be able to to fix this problem. And he could he could be like that other holodeck episode where instead of leaving the the the, the holodeck, remember how those guys just disappeared? Like their programs mm -hmm. didn't exist anymore. Maybe right. one day the moment they stepped off the, the, the deck. Yeah. Yeah. I part of me thought they were going to trick him like, hey, you know, yeah. you want to come hang out with us? <laughs> Step yeah, come on, we'll, we'll buy you a drink over at 10 forward. <laughs> And then yeah. he just disintegrates. That would have been terrible because it, it, let's just pretend for a second that they did that. In hit in Moriarty's mind, he was he was human. And then mm -hmm. you could even look at it like they killed this man. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. they didn't, but they you could definitely make that argument uh in the vein of, you know, I think therefore I am. So I, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. So yeah. that was my biggest takeaway. I liked how I was questioning what does it mean to be human. That's always one of those fun questions that yeah. I like getting back to. That that's something that the show really excels at is making us have these discussions and and putting that idea in our head. Not just that idea, but just putting um, debates in our head that are that are worthy of discussion and are always you know timeless. It's always something that is going to be relevant, you know, and uh, something today, you know. Um, how far off are we from AI that becomes self-aware? You know, some may say that it's already happened to some small degree, but um, you know, at, at what point does that constitute life? And at what point does that need to be protected as life? You know, right. um, and I think that Picard did the absolute best he could 
um, keeping the prime directive in in mind, kind of like you come across a new alien race or a new race doesn't have to be alien, just a new race of some sort, um, a new life form, let's call it. Um, and he's not going to be the one to kill it. Right. So let's save it and revisit it later. And, and for the life of me, I don't remember, you know, we got, we got, what is it? Five and a half more seasons to go of this show. And I don't know if this is ever revisited. I don't think so, but it would be cool if it is. I would love mm-hmm. to see the return of Moriarty because there's probably going to be more, um, Sherlock Holmes adventures in the holodeck. And if you guys know the answer to that, don't tell me I want to find out organically, but, um, but the fact that we're talking about it is, is actually really kind of neat. And I dig that. Um, does that make the episode any better? Not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, I, I do, I am known to enjoy some period pieces and it is, it is definitely a period piece. Um, what I find interesting though, is the interaction between Pulaski and uh, Moriarty. So, they become kind of buddy buddy and he kind of almost seems like he's got a thing for her and he's like giving her tea and crumpets and, you know, like treating her nicely and all that kind of stuff and almost flirting with her. And she's kind of starting to eat it up. And I think by the end of it, because she's also, she had that same thing that we saw a lot in season one. She was very wowed when she was brought into the holodeck, like, wow, I've never been into a simulation this, you know, um, this complex before or something like that, you know, and she was very much impressed by the environment that was created. And it's almost like her becoming a little bit more respectful of technology or like, Hey, wow, this is actually something kind of neat that has come out of this cold, the cold hand of technology. Right. So, uh, but here she is like sitting on this, this, couch with Moriarty and kind of almost seemingly like she's becoming a little smitten with him, maybe. Right. Um, Do you think that she's realizing that this is a computer simulation, this hologram, and he's eliciting a feeling from her or he is sitting there in front of her learning, gaining life, becoming self-aware right there in front of her? that that's going to make her change the way she looks at data? Do you think that's some sort of catalyst that's going to come into play later? It's possible, but I felt like she was very standoffish. You know, like she was curt with her answers. She was like, who's that? What is that? I don't know. You know, like she wasn't giving him the time of day. And I think that they had to do that on purpose because if she was going to open up to him, then she would have to open up to data. Right. You would think because they're not that far, you know, in her mind, which I I have to imagine is pretty limited in terms of how she looks at non-organic life. Right. Um, It's a great question because even when he was like, you know, uh, you know, maybe I'll see you again one day. And she's like, well, by the time that happens, I'm going to be fucking, I'll I'll have a hickory cane and and it's going to be old and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, there was a, a, some sort of, He's like, I'll still fill you full of crumpets. Right. So they had, a, they had a cute, they had a cute back and forth. Right. Yeah, so yeah. you're right. Uh, I do think that that, but they saved that line for him. You know, yeah, she didn't, yeah. get, she didn't have the cute moment. It was him uh, because that would almost break her character. So it is, no, it is interesting I, to see. I, I agree that that, if that came out of her, that it would break her character or that would, you know, start to show her progress down an actual character arc. But, but even though she didn't say it herself, I think just being in the room and witnessing it has got to do something to her. I hope has got to trigger something, you know? Um, 
so I'm really hoping that if we got nothing else out of this episode, that um, we got that kind of moment of revelation for her and maybe she'll kind of start kind of softening to data at least, or at least starting to see that, okay, so if this holographic program can become self-aware and really seem to, to, to take on life, maybe I've been looking at this Android all wrong. So, I mean, this is all speculation at this point, so who knows if it means anything at all, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it, it's given us a lot to talk about. How do you think season two of Star Trek Next Generation would have done in the world we live in now with social media and people freaking out about and live tweeting shows and every time Pulaski was on scene, the critical reception or the fan reception rather would just be like, you know, burn her! Yeah. <laughs> Throw her in a space lock. How long do you think she would make it the entire season? Do you think that the writers would would change the character? Do you think that they would stick to their guns? Or do you think that they would kill the character off? I'm curious what you think, hypothetically, in 2021, how well Dr. Pulaski would fare in in our current I think I think it would give world. them a, I think it would give them an, a time to like soften her up and change her and be able to course correct. Mm -hmm. I think one of the few benefits of social media is that, you know, it allows for that instantaneous feedback and, you know, they could see after like one episode and, you know, it might just be to reaffirm what they were already thinking. Like if they're seeing like all these people like, fuck, I hate this broad. She's making fun of data. She's, she's so mean to data to where maybe they know like six episodes from now, like, Oh, you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna like what you're going to see uh, to where, you know, but if maybe they didn't have that in plan, maybe like that was just who she was for the entire season. You know, maybe they could start thinking like maybe like episode eight will start to soften her up and then by episode 10 <laughs> you know like yeah. data saves her life and she realizes oh data you're a cool dude or something like that so yeah i, I, I think social media would have really helped this season yeah if they didn't plan for her to have an arc to come around and actually like lose the bigotry then it would give them an opportunity to come up with an arc like oh shit we've already shot six or eight episodes of this season so you know starting from you know uh episode nine forward we've got to kind of figure out how to soften her and make her likable yeah they would definitely have the opportunity to course correct and and whether it was always in the plan or not they would they would be able to fix it but then again let's look at it this way let's say like they shot every episode before these the season started airing and they have nothing no choice but to just release it as it is you know what do you do do you go back do you kill off the character and then re-edit some episodes to get rid of her how, how would you how would you approach that I don't know. I doubt that they would shoot an entire like twenty-two episode season in advance, but I don't. I don't know how things worked back in the eighties, nineties, if they yeah. ever did anything like that. So, like Sons of Anarchy, that was a show where there were so many characters that I couldn't stand that I hated, but then something would happen to them, like uh, they would become a victim in some way. And it would just like break my heart. And then all of a sudden I started rooting for them. So it, it all it takes is like one act in an episode to change your mind on somebody. Like I literally hated a character so bad. I'm like, fuck, how long are they going to be on this show? And they were a main character. So of course they were going to be on for a long time. And then something happened. And I was like, oh my God. I hope she's okay. <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden, I, I it's like flipping a switch. And so I am curious, you know, seeing, you know, listening to. I mean, they don't listen to podcasts, but just you know, fan outcry and and the and the and the immediate feedback, as you say, um, if they could be like, 
what if we did this, you know, and she gets kidnapped by some, you know, by the Klingons and tortured or whatever. And, or she'd save somebody. She burns into a burning space building and, and <laughs> puts out the fire and throws out a bunch of space dogs and, and they're all safe. She does something that changes our opinion. And I don't, I honestly don't remember anything like that happening in all of season two. I, I feel like my opinion of Pulaski is the same from start to finish. I don't, I don't remember some crazy, you know, character changing moment or arc. Yeah. And that makes me sad. Yeah. Me either. But then again, I haven't revisited it since 88 and I was only 11 at the time. So uh, I, I don't have the best memory for stuff that was that far away, that far back. So um, as far as, as I can tell, uh, and there's still it's still open for an opportunity for her to redeem herself. Oh sure, yeah. So we'll there's, see. There's like 18 episodes. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, plenty of time. It's just do they do it? Yeah, that's what I want to know. They, so season two is what did we say it was? How many episodes was it? 20, it's 22. It's 22. Episodes. Yeah, so it is 22 episodes. So I am curious. Well. Uh, let's go ahead and, and rate it. Uh, do you guys feel like you want nay, to rate it? It's a nay. We'll, David we'll says talk nay. about the other game items. All right, so we got one nay. <laughs> Fuck, I am on the fence on this one. Um, what are you on the fence about? The, the, the terrible idea that this that the, that the Star Trek computer is not smart enough to like have any kind of safeguards against a fictional character. <laughs> <laughs> But we already established how the fictional character was able to get control. Oh, no, we didn't. It was, it was, it was a Geordie loophole. Um, so, so you know what? I'll tell you what, Randy. That sounds like a weird sex act right there, Randy. The Geordie loophole. Yeah. So, traditionally, I, I can't stand holodeck episodes. But I was genuinely curious how this was going to play out. And I, I like the conversations. I like the 10 forward conversation. I like how Data was like challenge accepted. I liked how he had to rethink how he was going to be doing this. Um, you know, his idea of what deductive reasoning was made sense, but they still thought it was cheating in some weird way. Um, I do think it's weird that he was able to all of a sudden take control of the computer, Moriarty, that is. Right. Um, you know, that there isn't some weird safety protocol in place to where you have to be, you know, like a biometric scan that allows only people that are on this ship to control the holodeck parameters, but whatever. Strange things have happened, I suppose. But uh, when it was over, I liked the resolution. I liked how Moriarty beat them at this game. And but then just gave up. He did. Because it's he couldn't... Like a, he, he, it wasn't sustainable. He couldn't do anything outside of it. And why why of destroy the ship? Would you like to yeah. play a game? <laughs> exactly. The whole thing was like, you know, if he is going to have a chance in this world and this life, he's going to need them to figure shit out. So at, at the end of the day, I, I do think that I... I enjoyed this episode more than I hated it. So I am, and as someone that hates fucking holodeck episodes and consider them throwaways, I would say that I enjoyed this one. So, so now you'll be the tiebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. That doesn't make my position in the middle any, any more. Just easy. remember, Randy, okay. there was steampunk technology in this, and we all hate steampunk. Oh, no, no, no. You're talking to the one guy in this podcast that <laughs> I likes know. steampunk. I know. Um, well, okay, so I, 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 thought, I thought Dr. Emmett Brown was the first steampunker, but it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Moriarty. Yeah, Moriarty predates. <laughs> um, a couple of, couple of years. So, okay. I want to point out something just anecdotally. Um, so I have a, one of those uh, uh, 
uh, Alexa Echo dot things um, that uh, you know you, you can use to, to control. Th- oh Jesus, mine's talking to me now. Yeah, because I said its name. You, you know, don't say, say its name. Do that. <laughs> First rule of Fight Club. Um, but here's the thing: occasionally, the TV will say something, and it will communicate or give an order to my Echo dot. And I'm looking at it to see if it's listening to me right now. <laughs> yeah, there, was a, there was a big conspiracy. No, there were a lot of television shows and commercials that would put like Alexa codes in there that was so low that humans couldn't hear it, but Alexa can hear it at a different levels. So it's a it was a big thing in like the uh, like ten years ago. So so here's the thing: um, if my TV can make my smart house turn off its lights and unlock its doors, why can't? Uh, a simulation of a person on the holodeck who says the right command code just you know by accident be able to access the holodeck's computers and, and control it but that that's I, I, I think you're thinking it the wrong way that would be like your lights giving alexa command because moriarty wasn't ever a real person so i i don't like the idea that holograms can see you know the arch and they can see these things and that you know the computer would respond to them like your Alexa, if your lights started blinking, wouldn't be like, oh, that's Morris code. I should listen to these lights and stuff like that. It's where Moriarty isn't like a television program. He's more like it would be like if the couch on the te- on, on the Married with Children episode communicated with your Alexa. That's a fair point, Dave. Yeah, he's more the utility piece and not the computer piece. <laughs> he's the light bulb. And, all, uh, all I know is you. if fucking Siri starts talking to Alexa, um, Game over, man. Down. Yeah, it is game over. That that's when Moriarty comes to life. That's when and you move. The, ha- the house now belongs to, to, to Facebook, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> I, that, Terminators, that's, dude. Is that is that what it means when you've been zucked? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you got zucked out out of your mind. All right. Well, um, I I I did enjoy this episode. I enjoyed a lot about it. Period piece, Randy. He had the old pipe. He had the 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 robe they had the cool hats i know i know i know there was a lot of there was a lot of pulaski but pulaski wasn't terrible the entire time there was tea and crumpet you hate tea Worf was in a suit looking all dapper yeah he looked like a goddamn werewolf yeah ridiculous Worf. when 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 picard popped his top hat and Worf was like oh shit i gotta kill Yeah, that, that's the total reaction like a dog would have if you make a sudden move or a loud or like you bring out something that it's not familiar with. It's like, what's this fucking thing? Mm-hmm. And it just starts barking at it. That's very much what Worf's reaction to the top hat. So right. they, you know being the smartest person in the universe wouldn't have a fail safe in there. They're like, yeah, redo this program, but make sure make sure they can't kill me. <laughs> right. And but, we got that we got the, the peek into the the, the Navy vessel, right? The USS Victory. Yeah, and yeah. that comes into play much later, you know, like with them being out on sea and sort of reliving these naval... Um, these naval fantasies. Fantasies, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, the... That's that's how Generations begins, right? They're all out on a boat. Yeah. Um, no, they that's, got the, uh, that's uh, the first the, contact. That, no, is it first contact? No, it's where they get married. I thought that's the one with the 10th one, Nemesis. Oh, it might be Nemesis, yeah, when they get married. Yeah, and and someone gets war. Maybe Worf gets promoted or something. I don't remember. Yeah, and they make someone walk the plank or something like that. I guess it really comes down to the conceit of Randy of 
do you think do, do you buy the idea that the computer program could alter the system and take control of the ship as a hologram if it's yes then it's a yay for you if it's no yeah it's so a. so here's here's how i'm going to determine that i'm going to tell you right now i'm a yay God I'm going to give this one a yay. So this episode is going to get a yay. But here's my reasoning. I stayed up late for this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I'm sorry. But uh, holodeck technology being relatively new as it is, like I said, everybody's still stunned and in, in awe of, of this, this cool new technology. They haven't worked out all the bugs yet. They're going to figure out little things like this that uh, is going to force them to basically up the safety protocols. Like, you know, update your firmware so you know fucking Moriarty doesn't happen. You know, like all this stuff is going to happen to to make it a safer and safer place for more people to use. This um, is the third that, time the holodecks fucked them. <laughs> they, but they just, they just stopped going in that thing. I know. It's like um, if I put my hand in the blender and I lose a finger, I'm not going to do it a third time. But think of it like the Borg and their like rotating shields. It's like never in the same frequency, right? Like they never make the same mistake twice in the holodeck they make new mistakes so um and it's a learning process and, and I mean, just the mistake like is they just don't make them treat it like a virtual brothel that's that that's really all the holodeck should be used for i mean well that's what quark does it seems like in deep space nine it's like hey you want to use one of the one of the hollow suites you know i just got like you know i just got this loan with like three klingon babes in it or whatever it's like that he doesn't even hide the fact that that it is full-on red light district over there in their holodecks yeah. so about but, TCP. Um, yes i don't know what that stands for but i'm gonna agree with it anyway. <laughs> Time I, sent you, I sent you a fun video about that mythic quest show that everyone any, oh, any world, okay. anyone who played world of Warcraft should like and the whole thing is like there's the developers he's like are you forgetting about the ttp and she's he's, he's like ttp it's like uh, time to penis how long it takes someone to take an object and use it for penis use or something like that yeah it's like make a penis <laughs> yeah to make a penis and so, like, whole, yeah and the one he said it was a shovel and so, like, it's like everyone's just gonna dig penises. <laughs> yeah. So, give them a show where they're gonna dig dicks. Give them a pink purse, they're gonna draw dicks. Give, give them play, and you put someone else, they're gonna mold gonna the shit out dick. of that dick. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. All right. Oh, so, so let, let's talk about the other elements of the game. So, uh, we've got our, our yay vote. Um, uh, I got no engages this time. Uh, does there that were, track with you guys? There were, in fact, zero engages on here. I, I thought I looked for a second that Moriarty was going to say it, but no, there were no engages. Uh, so uh, the points for the game is Randy got one point because Guinan did not appear in this episode, and I got two points: one for it being a data centric episode, and one point for there being there being no Wesley Crusher on this. Uh, so coupled with the one point I got in last week's episode for there being a Romulan, I am I have three points. Randy has one point, and Justin is yet to get on the board. Now I would almost uh, go with it also being a Jordy episode. Like how do how do you guys feel about that? Because I agree, <laughs> and I know that he's your character, but well, um, yeah, because he was, was it was like a buddy episode, and it seemed like it was very much around the two of them. And he 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 meticulously built the USS Victory uh, ship. Uh, for his, the captain because it was that he was an ensign for that captain at one point and and he uh, it was a very up. small b story but it was a b right. story yeah I, I, I would i don't know if i'd even call it i i would say there is no b story i would say the a story is about the holmes and watson of it all and i originally had it uh as we we're watching the episode i'm like oh it'll be a jordy and a data episode uh and then you know jordy's not there for the conclusion like he he doesn't play a part in you know the culmination of the episode so i had tentatively put him as not being a jordy episode 
I'm happy if, you know, we are a majority rules podcast. If the two of you disagree, I'm happy to afford Justin the point for um, there, for Jordy being a Jordy episode. So the reason I, I think there is a B, I do think that there is a B story and only because Picard comes and looks at the ship and he explains to him, uh, like Jordy learned something. He's like, I'm sorry I made that mistake. It won't happen again when he was... Uh, it was a it was a teaching moment where the captain was able to have a, a conversation with LaForge, who was at fault for the experiment going awry. Well, would, but that lesson's based off of the A story, like it's not, that's not a separate story. He 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 was his ship got messed up because he fucked up in the A story. It wasn't. Sure. I, don't, I don't know if I mean again, the two of you, if you if you decide, I'll happily change it. Uh, that was my rationale is that there was no right. B story and that, you know, he only participated in two thirds of the A story. Okay. That it was a, became a Holmes story instead of a Holmes and Watson story. No, that's fine. I'll take, I'll take the, the no point and I'll just put an asterisk Jesus on there. <laughs> I'm going to delete this whole, the, the game and, no longer exists. No. The game is um, canceled. We'll just put a, we'll just put a little Cancel. asterisk right there. Well, no, we'll, <laughs> well, no it, it's Randy. Randy, do you think this is a Jordy episode? If Randy says Jordy episode, we'll give you the point. You don't even need an asterisk. No, no, it's fine. I mean, I, I brought it up, so that must mean I thought it was a Jordy episode as well. All right, well, there you in, go. In my notes, I'll, I'll even pull up my notes here. Jordy episode. I already added it. Justin has one point. Congratulations, Justin. So uh, here I had it as a data Jordy and Pulaski episode, but I don't think there was enough Pulaski in it, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna remove her name from the list, but. I think that it's so still the updated warm. score is three one one with an asterisk because you, an asterisk you had to because you got it because you, you argued that it's not valid. <laughs> no, remember we are a, a majority rules podcast. If the two of you wanted to get together and say it wasn't a uh, a date episode, you know I would take that point away from myself. Or if the two of you said you saw Guinan or Wesley, you know I'd have to take your word for it. I guess. I mean, I saw I saw uh, Wesley's name at the beginning in the opening credits, but he wasn't in the show. <laughs> yeah, he's in the he's in the credits yeah. for this episode. I, mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think it's just like they don't they just don't change the credits. Well, but, I, even um, for, I even freeze frame because there's a scene where as they're about to leave to go when uh, they get control of the ship and Riker makes a command from the bridge, they do a shot where they're like starting at the view screen and they pan up. And for like a millisecond, you see an instant where Wesley would be, but it's not. I, I posited it was not Wesley Crusher. I wanted to make sure I was fair and honest. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that sounds good. So um, let's go ahead and take a look at what the, the fourth episode is going to be. It's called The Outrageous Okona. It's got a 6.3 star rating on IMDb. And uh, it says... The Enterprise rescues the captain of a broken-down freighter, only to become involved in a dispute between feuding worlds, each demanding custody of their guest. Data seeks help from Guinan in understanding humor. So, well, at least we know Guinan shows up. <laughs> well, and we know that it sounds like it sounds like that's the the B story. It sounds like Data's got a B story there. So, uh, looks like some some points for next week will be distributed. Like so, it. all right, cool. So we have that to look forward to. Well, right, it makes sense have... because uh, we've only there's only been a single Bowman. Ep Actually, let's take it back. There's been two Bowman episodes where we're unanimous. All of all, the other four, we had a we we lone wolfed it with somebody. Mm -hmm. And I was a lone. 
I was a lone wolf on the last um, holodeck one because that was uh, the big goodbye. I wasn't into that one. Yeah. Yeah. That one was, uh, again, obviously a period piece, but it was my <laughs> one of my specialties. So one of my appreciated periods. It's my sixth my sixth appearance as a lone wolf. <laughs> I mean, on, honestly, I was. I mean, I could have. Voice I of reason, have, right, David? I honestly feel like I could have, based on this conversation, though, I could have swayed me to be a nay for this episode. I was kind of on the fence, but after just talking about it, I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I did. Yeah, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So. All right. Well, I'd like to uh, thank everybody for taking the time to listen to our fun little show talking about Star Trek The Next Generation. And I would urge you to come back next week for more fun and shenanigans. And if you like our particular brand of shenanigans, then I would also urge you to listen to the Geek Legacy podcast proper, where we talk about all things geeky and nerdy, and we have a lot of damn fun doing it. So check it out. And uh, we'll see you next time as we float away off into the black void of space in this small little escape pod. <laughs> <laughs>